Do you struggle to set and achieve goals, not just financially, but in your relationships, maybe in your marriage or with your kids or extended families? What about setting goals in your physical life for your fitness and nutrition? What about your spiritual life? Do you have a quiet time? Do you have a morning routine? Well, today's guest is gonna talk just about that. Why is it that we struggle to set and achieve our goals? And what are some ways that we can start setting and achieving our goals today? Hey there, and welcome to the Investing Well Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Sheik, but you can call me Liz. I'm an entrepreneur through and through. My husband and I, we've climbed ourselves out of hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt and now are living completely debt-free. Accomplishing this wasn't easy by any means. We've made some really wise choices and we've certainly made some that we are less proud of. However, standing on this side of financial freedom, I'm here to tell you that it is possible and I'm here to show you how to do it with your God-given talents. All the while investing in what matters most, your health, family, and community. So go ahead, grab your coffee and your noise-canceling AirPods and let's get going. We have some investing to do. Hey there, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Investing Well podcast. I'm your host, Liz Sheik, and today I am so excited to introduce you guys to a new friend of mine, Michael Mintz, and I'm going to be introducing him here on the podcast. A couple things to know about him. We have a little Dallas-Fort Worth celebrity in our mix, and so Michael is an international key speaker. He is the VP of sales at Grand Homes here in the Metroplex area. He also hosts his own talk show, My Success in Life. And he is literally changing how people view success in their life. He's also recognized on LinkedIn as one of their top 250 influencers. And not just because he posts selfies and great quotes, but y'all, he is literally influencing people's lives by the way he leads, by the way he speaks and the way he presents himself in this world. Today, I am so excited that we will be having this conversation, and we are going to be talking about why we struggle to set and achieve our goals. So y'all, without any further ado, I'm so excited to welcome to the Investing All Podcast, Michael. Hey, it's so great to have you. Hey, thank you. There for a second, I wasn't sure you were talking about. <laughs> you, you, my friend. <laughs> I think I've ever gotten another. Who, who is she talking about? Another guest on here, baby. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm so excited you're here today. You know, for those who are listening who don't know who you are, I would love for you just to tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from, kind of what brought you where you're at today. Okay. Um, the first thing I like to say is that I'm a husband and a father. I have four girls. I have uh, eight grandchildren. Uh, we're, we will celebrate our 47th year of marriage this That's year. That's amazing. Um, I would love to tell you that they were all great years, but there were some ups and downs. But, you know, because we love each other fantastically, uh, you know, the last 22 years specifically, we would both say are the, have been the greatest 22 years of our lives because we finally learned how to love each other for free. Uh, and I will tell you that part of that transformation that I went through when we were going through all the counseling, put our marriage back together, uh, I also learned a lot about myself first. And I, I realized that 
a lot of the failure that we that we have in life is because we don't learn how to lead ourselves first. Wow, that's good. And then moving on to leading people. And my passion, my passion list is is about helping people be successful in life because I see so many, especially in our industry in the new in in, in real estate in in new home sales. I see so many struggling <clears throat> to be successful because it's a difficult job. It, it's it's it, people think you can do it, make a lot of money. They don't realize how much time is involved and how much energy and effort goes into it. So, so those are some of my passions. Another one is we support a school in Nepal uh, of that I met accidentally, the, 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 cre- the founders of the school. And I've taken my daughters there. Uh, it's been a, a, it was huge and impactful in their lives growing up. And so it's probably the next closest thing to family that I have is supporting that school. They've grown from about 90 kids over the last uh, almost 10 years to over 500 children. And what we're doing is providing education, about 200 scholarships a year, providing education for children who otherwise wouldn't get education in a place in the world where education is the difference maker. It decides, you know, poverty level from just, you know, just having a decent life. So, so those are a couple of the great things about me. I'll also say lastly that I love sales, especially new home sales. Because I believe it's the most honorable business you could possibly be in because you're getting to help people make what is usually the most expensive and the largest decision they ever make in their lives. And at the same time, it's not only about a lot of money, but it's also the most emotional decision they make in their lives. So because of that, I love what we get to do. Gosh, that is so good. See, I'm even learning things about you today that I'm just so excited to and whether it's on here or off here or at another point in time, like dig deep into, you know, it's interesting that you, you say that, that it's, you believe it's one of the most honorable careers. And I'll be honest, like for a while, I struggled whenever I was, I went to school and was in business management and interior design. And mm-hmm. all my friends were like nursing, teaching, like being a doctor, right? And I was like, here I am like designing pretty homes. And it really took a while with the Lord working in my life for me to mm-hmm. realize like, wow, how important it is to create a home and help somebody create a home for somebody, right? Because inside our homes, we have the power to build up the people, the souls in our house, or they're torn down. And when you feel comfortable and empowered and safe in your own home, you Mm -hmm. go out into the world and you can fulfill a calling. And so it really took me changing that perspective, not only in my business, but then also how I interact with people, yeah. like my family, and when people come into my house, right. how they are treated. Well, that's it's funny you say it because that's usually one of the biggest hurdles salespeople have to get over, regardless of the genre of sales. But for but especially in in home sales, is that we have to get past that I'm a slick used car salesman mentality, because a lot of times who we are and what we do is in conflict with each other, yeah. uh, because. We feel like we're tricking people into making decisions. And I earned the good thing about, about my mentors. I, I learned early on that I'm actually counseling and helping people make what is the most difficult decision they ever have to make in their lives. And when you start by caring about people first, rather than trying to make a sale and make money, it's amazing how it changes how you do what you do, but also changes how it's received by the customer. One of the greatest questions I love to ask is what's changed in your life that has you out shopping for a new home? You know what the truth is? A hundred percent of the time, something has changed. 50% of the time, what's changed isn't good. Yeah. It's the death in the family, it's, it's divorce, it's 
and I could tell you a couple of stories that would just, you, I, I, I cry every time I tell them, but you know, but caring about people is really what we do in, in real estate and in new home sales. And in fact, I tell people, I say, look, stop selling for five minutes. Give the customer time to look around. And then the first five minutes, how about you just take a few questions, understand their story. Yeah. What is their story? What are they trying to accomplish? What's changed? And you'll get stories that just rock your world, you know, so. Yeah, you know, and that's so good because even if somebody listening to this is not in sales, maybe they are in leadership, maybe they sell something else, maybe they don't sell at all. One of the career paths that I had is being in new home sales. I was the corporate sales trainer for a company and my whole job was to not only help hire, train and launch new divisions. And mm. so when we would have new trainees come in and we would look at hiring somebody, that's mm. in one regard, you are selling, like you're both selling. The person yeah. interviewing, you are selling yourself. But then mm. from, maybe you're an HR listening to this. You are also selling your company. Yes. However, oftentimes we're both met with this, I'm selling me, you're selling yourself. We're, we're both selling something. But really, mm. if we come from the standpoint of, like you said, can I help you achieve what you want to do? Because mm. if me as somebody interviewing for a job cannot help your company and your mission right. or right. your company and your mission cannot help me get to where I want to go in life, then it's right. not a good fit. That's where I think right. there's so much strife in working career. Oh, oh, I love the word fit, Liz. I love the word fit because we're in, we're, no one takes the time to teach us and train us and tell us it's okay for a customer not to be a fit, yeah. right? Half the time, the people walking in your door are not going to be a fit. And so when we talk about discovery and qualifying, I find that most salespeople are trying to qualify people when the truth is they're already disqualified because they acted interesting. One of the greatest things I ever learned to do was say, look, we're just not a good fit for you guys. Let me point you in the right direction. Even if it's my competition, I've made more sales from the friends and family of those customers than I have in selling customers something they didn't want or need. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love it. It's so funny, right? We always start on a whole topic of, of sales. So there's somebody's many lessons in sales. That was free. And then I want to touch real quick about Nepal. I love that. That is I part of our investing well wheel is what is the impact that you're making in community? And community isn't just our neighbors next door. Community is right. how are we impacting the world? And then how are we also introducing our children to see something other than us? And, you know, especially here in the United States where, yes, we may be in the silent recession per se, whatever you want to call it, but we have more than we could ever need or want or hope for. Right. right. And I love that you guys are doing that in Nepal. And at the end, just be thinking about, because I want people to know, again, this is something new. I just found out about you, but like, I want to ask you at the end of this, how somebody could help link arms with you in that oh. mission and school. So we'll talk about it, the, that at the end. Um, okay. But I want to dive into, because I think it's so applicable about why do we struggle to set and achieve our goals? I was talking to somebody who listens to a podcast the other day and she, she had mentioned to me, you know, I know that as an adult, I have adult ADHD. And I think that a lot of females are finding themselves in this category, but also we have so many things begging for our attention and screaming right. for our attention right now in life that whether you have ADHD or not, I think it's so hard sometimes to get going, to set our goals and then actually like do them. So pour into us, tell, tell us about that. <laughs> well, uh, you've touched on a couple of things that are at the highlights of, of what I usually talk about. 
I started mentoring and coaching actually by talking to men who found out um, actually that I put my marriage back together or my wife and I put our marriage back together. And so I had these men walking up to me either at church or, or in the community and say, hey, my wife told me I had to talk to you. Right. Um, and 100% of the time, Liz, when I would talk to them, when I would ask them, tell me, what is your plan for your marriage? Mm-hmm. And they would say, I don't know. I said, well, what's your, what's your plan for, you know, for your, for your business or for your career? And they'd say, I don't know. What, well, what's your plan for being successful in life? And, and, and they didn't know because they didn't have one. And a lot of times these men would start out the conversation when I said, well, tell me what's going on. And they would say, you know, my problem is my wife is just a bitch. <laughs> okay, well, okay, well, let, let's talk about that. And then after I would ask them all these questions and they would say, I don't have one, I don't have one. I, I would say, listen, brother, if I was your wife, I would be scared to death and, and I would probably be bitching too. Yeah. Because, because you can't go through life, especially as a husband and father, without a plan. And that's the biggest mistake I see people making, not just in new home sales, but, but in, in that genre as well. But the biggest mistake I see people is when you ask them, what do you want? What do you want to achieve? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to become? They have no idea. And I'd say, my friends, that's like being out on the ocean in a dinghy without uh, even a paddle. And, when the, when, and when, the, when the winds of life blow, you just go wherever it blows you. And so where you wind up is just where life takes you rather than having a plan that's moving you purposely and intentionally every day towards where you want to go in life. So one of the things I do is I help people develop both a vision for their life, a plan for their life, and then very intentional and purposeful goals. I speak a lot about if you want, I had to, if I were to sit down and really talk about, I mean, you, you there, there's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, five-year, and I even have 10-year goals. I've heard a lot of people speak on goals. I've read a lot of books on goals. And one of the things I hear people say erroneously, I believe, is that you shouldn't review your goals every day because in, that, in reviewing them every day, they become kind of bland and they become kind of weak. And I tell people, if that's true, then they're not the right goals. Yeah. Okay, I was tell you mine, mine are purposely, they fire me up every day. In addition to reviewing my goals every day, I also have what's called an amazing morning routine. I'm, I don't know if you've read books on morning routine, yeah. but one of the greatest decisions I ever made other than creating a vision and plan for my life was creating an amazing morning routine where, I, where you know, I, I walk, I, you know, I do my meditation and prayer at my quiet time, you know, and then I review my goals. I review my, my I am list. I review my grateful list. And then I write out my plan for the day. But even separately and more importantly, I have three priorities for that day. Not, to, not on my to-do list. Three priorities that if I accomplish those three priorities every day, I'm physically moving myself another day closer to my goals. And I just find it's not something people do on a regular basis. You know, I love, I love that you say three priorities because there are some days that are just those days, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of times we underestimate the power of one step. Mm-hmm. The power of one decision. One percent. It's right. just that one percent, right? Like there's that there's a quote that says people often over believe in what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five. And it's like, you know, we always like are looking for that quick, 
like quick fix, quick fix, quick fix. And it's, it's really that reiteration of like, hey guys, getting to your goals in life is about taking the stairs, right? It's mm-hmm. not about taking the elevator. And when people are like, yeah, but like I saw this person and they just were like this overnight success. Like, why can't that work for me? Or like everything on Instagram's like make six figures and six yeah. days. And it's and like- it's- First, when you're a sales professional, when you're a sales being, when you have ADD, you want to accomplish massive amounts of stuff in short periods of time. And it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And, you know, it's funny because I tell people, I'm like, the reason it seems like people had overnight success is because while you were standing in line for the elevator with all the other millions of people, that person took the stairs. And you know where the stairwell is? It's out in the back corner. of It's It's empty. empty. It's empty. And it's in a corner of a building. You have to walk through a door that nobody sees. Right. And then they took the stairs. That's why it seems like that. You yes. just didn't see it. Yes. It's the road less traveled. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I love that. Three priorities. And the fact that you say you need things that light you up. I love that. Yes. I get a lot of pushback. In fact, I get comments every time I talk about uh, impossible goals. I get a lot of pushback on LinkedIn. And, and it's not that I don't believe in reasonable goals. I do. Because you have to have them. But I encourage people not only to have reasonable goals, but to also have impossible goals because it's really the impossible goals that are moving us into the next version of ourselves. People forget that. And I have to remind them all the time, look, achieving the goal is not the goal. That's not what we're trying to do. What you're trying to do is, is become a better person along the way, right? People ask me all the time, what's your number one goal? Mike, what's your, what's your number one goal? I go, it's always the same all the time. I want to look back a year from now and not be able to recognize myself because I've grown so much because I've become a better husband, a better father, a better leader, a better speaker, a better brother, a better yeah. son. And so, you know, that happens only because you're focused on improvement 1% a day. One, yeah. People say, well, what if you don't hit your three priorities? I go, they go on the next day. Yeah. Right. I, I rewrite those three the next day. If I get one done, I rewrite two and add another one. It's that constantly being focused on when people say, well, what's the difference between priorities and your plan? I go back to do list is what I want to accomplish today. Those are the things that I'm going to accomplish. My priorities are specifically moving me towards my goals, towards my vision. And nothing has changed my life more than, than that, that right there. Then purposely having priorities that are moving me another step closer to who I want to become where, and where I'm going. Yeah, you know, that's that's so wise too, because it's one it's one thing to take it from a standpoint of a business. And I think that and I, and I would challenge everybody listening to this to really think back. The last three minutes of our conversation, were you approaching this from a business aspect? How you can apply this to your business? Because this isn't just for business. No, this no. is life. It's like what you said. Who do I want to be? What marriage do I want to have? What physical life, right? What does my spiritual life look like? Right. And most of the people I coach and mentor, they've actually had success in their career, but the rest of their life is going to hell in a handbasket yeah. because they've overly focused on one part of the wheel that you mentioned. Good job. Uh, and, and not on the rest, right. right? And so quickly what happens is our life falls apart because we've only focused on one piece when we have to focus holistically on our entire life, which is why which is why I think, you know, having a vision for your entire life is so important. But yeah, rarely are my three priorities really about moving me forward in my career, especially at my age at 67. You know, mine are more about other important parts of my life other than my career. So, you know, that 
I want you to speak on that for a minute, right? You, you're 67 and oh. there are, there are people who are in their twenties listening to this. There are people in their thirties, forties, fifties listening to this podcast. We've heard people like stories of people who have spent so much time investing financially and then they mm -hmm. get to later on in life and they're like, I really wish I would have taken the time. If you could say something to someone who's younger, what is it that, that you would want them to know? You're, you said now at 67, I'm really not as focused on the career side of it, but more of these other things. Like, mm -hmm. where do you see that massive value? And, and is there something you would have done differently? Yes. It wasn't, an, unfortunately, it wasn't until the age of 42 that I had a major transformation in my life because up until then I was focused on me and, and being successful and, 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 and found myself in a place where I was about to leave my, lose my marriage, lose my family. Uh, in fact, lose almost everything that was really, truly important to me. That's when I developed, you know, this, it, I stole it from Zig Ziglar in his, his planner book, you know, where it talks about his success planner book on this wheel. And I looked at it and I go, I was, I was a nine and a 10 in my career in a two and a three and everything else in my life. Uh, and so at that point, I went to work on working on everything else. And one of the things specifically I started working on as I had to do with my marriage was learning how to love my wife for free. People ask me that all the time. So what does that really mean? Well, that means loving my wife unconditionally, but in, which I find most people don't truly understand what that means. It means loving them for free. In fact, so you love them whether they do anything for you in return, nothing. And that focus then, as I began to get better at it with my wife, I moved it to my kids. When I began to get better at it with my kids, I began to move it to my, my extended family, my employees. And so that's probably, if I were to tell you, one of the greatest things that happened in my life was focusing on that one aspect of loving people unconditionally. And the reason it was so hard for me is because I didn't even love myself. I loathed who I was. And so my counselor had to help me first learn how to love myself unconditionally which was probably, if I were to say, the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. So. No, it is. It's hard to look at ourselves because we have so much past. Everybody has a past. I, I appreciate so much your honesty around your marriage because I think that anybody who's been married for any point in time knows that marriage is hard. And yeah. it's funny because every year, if I share my goals and I would share my goals for, for all years, my husband and I, always on our yearly goals, we say to stay married. Yes. And literally, like we have gone through and accomplished so many things. And there was a year that maybe a lot of people listening to this don't know that my husband and I fully got separated. Mm. And it was really, really hard. And mm. we had, we were really at a crossroads and we were deciding like, are we going to stay together or are we not? Do we want to make this work? And we had right. to do a lot of self-work because it's, it's one thing to say, oh, but my parents were this way. My parents did this. His parents mm -hmm. did this. He was treated like this, blah, 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 all these things. But then once we become an adult, we can either use our past experiences as right. an excuse to continue living a comfortable, comfortable, uncomfortable life, right? Not change anything. Or mm -hmm. we say, hey, I'm an adult. And when I turn 18, I'm empowered to choose any direction I want to go in life. And I'm going right. to choose to say, hey, that was a part of my past, but it's not going to define my future. And I'm going to set right. a different trajectory for my family, wife, and kids. You know, the biggest reason for conflict, whether it's in the marriage, at work, with salespeople, with customers, is unfulfilled expectations. Um, and, and so what, what if in marriage we had no? What if I'm going to love you regardless and I had no expectations of you doing anything in return? 
I had a lot of people say, well, how long did it take for your right to, to start reciprocating? I go, it's probably a good three years. <laughs> because I had given her a reason not to trust me. And so it took a while before she started loving me back for free. Now imagine this. Imagine two people who wake up every day and all day, every day, they're focused on loving each other for free. I'm telling you, it's, what cha it's, a cha it's one of the last 22 years of her life have been amazing. And people say, what, ask my wife, is that true? Is it really true that he doesn't have any expectations? She'll say, yeah, it's true. He doesn't come home with any expectations. He has none. I get to do whatever I want, but I want to do things because he loves me that way. Yeah. So we're not talking about sales and goals and, and, no. and much as I thought we were going to, but listen, I would about this all day long because this, the, this was number one, two, and three, these areas that we on my goals for, for 10 years, you know? If we want to go back a little bit, and you know, we're talking about, you know, why, why do people fail to achieve goals? Uh, the first reason, because they don't have a plan, which we talked about. The, but the second is because they're afraid. They're just afraid. They're afraid to put stuff down on paper. They're afraid to commit to things because, well, what happens if I fail? And I tell them, listen, I, I don't know who, who failed to teach you this and tell you this, but you're going to fail at everything every day. Until such times you get your head around that and know that when I do, okay, what can I learn? How can I grow? Stand back up. Let's go back at it. Okay. And marriage is right at the top of that list, right at the top. Okay. <laughs> so it will suck the life out of you if you don't understand that we're both going to fail at this until we begin to get it right. Yeah. Now, the same is true in life as well. Okay. The same is true in life. I love those correlations between marriage and life uh, and even business. You know, and I tell people, look, what I teach mostly is how to stand back up, how to dust yourself off, how, what did I learn from this? How did I grow from this? Or how can I grow from this? Okay. Because that's usually the other reason, the second reason why we don't achieve our goals, because we don't learn and grow. Because we, go, we, get, we get so messed up over the fact that we failed or we didn't achieve that we learn nothing. And that's, that's, where, that's where you get it. That's where you learn and grow to the next level, then to the next level. I read a lot about becoming the better version of yourself. Okay, the problem with becoming the better version of yourself is you don't unless you fail. Yes. If you don't fail or if you run from failure, you never become the better version of yourself. You just live in this soupy, unrealistic, um, uh, what's the word I was looking for there? A version of a life that's never growing forward. So. No, that's so good. My, my husband, um, he does a lot of trainings. And one of the things he brought to my attention one time is a book he was reading on greatness. And the book had stated that tracking athletes, CEOs, people who have like actually become really good and great mm -hmm. in specific mm -hmm. career lines or in athleticism. And they say it takes 10,000 hours of mm -hmm. doing that one thing consistently before you become good or great at it. And right. so it's almost taking that mindset and... I actually didn't start this podcast for years because it was a fear. Like, I'm going to fail. Nobody's going to listen. Like, people are going to judge what I have to say. I, I use the word right all the time as like my verbal pause. Like, people are going to pick that out, right? Or we so I, just, I, just said, I use the word right. Oh, my wife said, you know, you're saying it a bunch again, right? Again, must be our sales acumen. Yes. And, and so I, when, I, when I dove into this, my husband made a key point. He's like, you just need to start. You know, you've been called to this. You know, you're going to change lives. And for the next 10,000 hours, you might suck. 
And I was like, you know, you're right. If I just took that mentality and I thought to myself, I'm okay if I suck for the first 10,000 hours, then by the time I hit 10,000 hours, I'm actually going to probably be good at this, right? Yes. I mean, look at everybody yep. who is good in our mind at whatever it is. Right. If you follow their backstory, it is never overnight. They stuck to the beginning. The reason why the Pareto principle exists, why only 20% win and succeed, which they're saying now is really the 90-10 rule. It's really only 10% because there's only 10% of the people that are willing to walk through failure day after day after day after day until they start to get it right and start to make it work and start to help them win and be successful. In life. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And then, so, so if you were going to tell somebody or teach somebody, okay, we know, and I like, I like what you said earlier about like, do you have an, a plan for your money? I think there's many people who do and don't, but if you're like, hey, do you have a plan for your money? And somebody's like, yeah, I do have a plan for my money or yeah, I do stick within a budget. Well, why don't you plan for your marriage and for your kid, investing in your kids and your physical life mm -hmm. and your spiritual life. Mm -hmm. If you were going to say, hey, this is the one thing that I would say, start doing this today. This is the next best step that I've found in my life to setting goals and actually achieving them. What would that be? Well, it's a big question. Other than the things we've already talked about. Okay. I will tell you another transforming part of being successful at, at setting goals and achieve them is having a goal for what you're going to give away. Having a plan, having, having a goal for what you're giving away. Because the real true feeling that we're looking for when it comes to success in life comes from marriage, comes from failure, and comes from the feeling that we get when we see that we're helping people. The, the problem is those three things are three things that have a tendency to be towards the bottom of the list. Yeah. You know, my father was a minister and my little brother's a minister. And so there's a reason that God wants us to give back. Okay. And it's not because he wants to separate us from our money. Okay. It's because he understands that by, by disciplining ourselves to give away our money, whatever, you know, whatever percentage that is, that the, that the feeling and that the, the, oh, the richness of life that comes from that is probably the closest thing you have to feeling success in life other than when my wife texts me and say, I just wanted to remind you today, you're the most amazing man I've ever known. Success is just so not money. Yeah. I grew up believing that because my father was a minister and, and, and we, he, he never made much money. Okay. Um, and so I left home angry and I was going to go out and kill the world and I was going to be rich and famous. Right. And what I did over that next 25 years was get to a place in my life where everything about my life, I was sabotaging everything because I thought success was one thing when the truth is it's a completely different other thing. And I'm so glad I met the right people, the right, the right mentors and my coaches and counselors. And so I, I would say that, you know, all of life is learning how to give away. If, as, a, as a husband or a wife, what you learn to do to become really good at that job is you learn how to give away. You, you learn how to love with no expectations. When it comes to being a parent, you love how to give away, okay, to give away for free. Uh, when it comes to being a great human being, I think what, what we fail to learn oftentimes is how to give away our resources. Yeah. Right. And so, I, yeah, I would say that would be, probably be the other thing. I love that. Okay, so as we as we bring this to an end, I literally feel like I could talk to you all 
day. And there may have to be a round two, a round two with Michael Mintz. So I have a series of five rapid fire questions. So okay. list the first thing that comes to your mind and we'll go from okay. there. Right. So first question is, let us know something you're grateful for today and why. Oh, it it's all, I always say the same thing. It's, I'm grateful for family. And the reason is because I almost lost my family, you know. And so the life I get to live, I, I get to live now, Liz, it's hard for me to explain to people sometimes because I know that people aren't in, in, in the same place I'm in where they're being loved by a, a spouse who's loving me unconditionally for who I am. And then I'm also surrounded by four girls who are doing the same. I feel guilty almost at times because I get to live that, that part of my life, you know? So that would be, that would be it. I love that. Okay. Second question is, as we talk about investing well in our life, there's areas that you clearly are investing really well in your life. What are, what's one area of your life you are actively increasing investing in right now? Mm. Okay. You said off the top of my head. So off the top of my head is giving back, you know, uh, is, is, is giving back in, in two areas. Number one, as it has to do with helping people be successful in life. Okay. That is my mantra. That is my purpose, helping people be successful in life. But also as it has to do with Nepal, um, you know, people ask me all the time, why are you, why are you engaged in something that's halfway around the world? Why not just down the street? I go, well, because one of my closest friends was a missionary to Nepal. He called me after the earthquake. I went there to help him and I met two people that I fell in love with. Okay. It was, I knew then and there that I would be helping them. I would be a part of their mission and a part of their school for the rest of my life. And so, so yeah, probably that. I love that. Okay. Do you believe that luck or hard work got you where you're at? Uh, luck? No. Hard work, yes. My wife, it's funny that you ask that because my wife says she believes I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And I remind her that's because I expect things to go my way. Okay, hard work, hard work. You know, my father was a hard worker. He taught me an amazing work ethic, but it really didn't work that well for me because I had really, really bad expectations. And so, you know, I find that our expectations, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in a family or, you know, being parents or whether it's in our career, our expectations are severely screwed and severely um, messed up. A lot of times when you ask people, you know, what are your expectations? The truth is they don't expect to win. Mm. They don't expect, expect their parenting to go well. They don't expect their marriage to go. They're working hard at it. But the problem is when you really boil it down, their expectation is, it's not, it's not going to go where I want it to go. And so one of the things I have learned to do is to truly wake up every day and have an expectation that everything that's going to happen today is going to happen for my good, for my benefit, that everything in life, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the great stuff, the terrible stuff, all of it is working to help me become successful. That's amazing. That's like a mic drop moment. I wish I would have asked that last. That's <laughs> so good. Okay. so. What is the best age? Oh, wow. I, I, I would tell you two, two ages. So my wife and I got married at, at, at 19. Okay. And I will tell you that was a magical age because I was smitten in, in love with her. Um, and so that was an amazing age. And I will tell you that today where I'm at as far as what's the best age, it's the next year. It's what, whatever I'm going to be next year. Because at this point in my life, I'm working on making every year an amazing year in my life, you know. So I will tell you that 2024 is going to be the greatest year of my life, you know. So 
I'm excited. You and I are going to be fast friends for all of 2024 and beyond. We've already decided this. My wife would love to have y'all come over and have dinner. Oh, we would love that. And then last but not least is what is the last book or the current book you're reading? Oh, I, I'm, I'm rereading a book today. Okay, so the greatest book I've ever read are actually two. They're two greatest books. But The 16 Laws of Success, okay, by Napoleon Hill, which are where all of his books came from. The 16 Laws of Success were the, it was the original manuscript that he wrote for Andrew Carnegie. And that was life-changing for me. You know, the book Think and Grow Rich, which actually came from those manuscripts, that book was life-changing for me as well. And then a book called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell. I read it at a time where, where I completely misunderstood what leadership was. And at the time, I was reading it both for my marriage and for my business and my career. So it was, it was purposeful in two different areas. But so those are the two greatest things that I've, I've read and that I'm reading. I love that. Okay. And as we wrap this up, and I'll make sure that I put it in the show notes below, but- okay. A, where can people find you? And if they want to link arms, find out more about the schools you're helping support Nepal, how can they get a hold of you? How can they help invest in that way? Tell okay. us. More. I'm here on LinkedIn under Michael Mintz, and then they can also go to michaelmintz.com. And on michaelmintz.com, there's a place uh, where it says charity, and there's a place for them to click and a place for them to give. I, I will tell you that $400, okay, buys the child an education for an entire year. Wow. Isn't that amazing? In in the education in, in areas of the world like Nepal in India, they're life changing because they're the difference between being in poverty and on the street and having a job and providing for your, you know, for a for a family. So it it literally is life changing, you know. So so that's where they can go. And we look, I don't I don't have any expectations. You can give a dollar, you can give twenty dollars, two hundred dollars, two thousand dollars, whatever God lays on your heart. But that's where they can go and do that. We will be going back there in um, late March and early April. This uh, year. Huh? This year, 2024. Yeah, 2024, yes. And so, you know, if people are interested in going with us, they just need to DM me on LinkedIn and we, we can talk about that as well. I already have a, a number of people who are wanting to go and going to go with us. So it's, it's a life-changing trip, I'll tell you that. Um, it was, it was for, for my daughter. And it's been for many other people who have gone with me. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I am so excited to continue talking more about that with you. And honestly, guys, I am so grateful that Michael took a part of his day to just speak to us. I want to say thank you. And just from the bottom of my heart, you have just poured so much wisdom into this. And so we hope you guys all have a fantastic day. And until next time, happy investing. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I want to take a minute and just say thank you for tuning in to another episode of Investing Well. My hope and prayer is that each of these episodes will bless you and leave you with practical steps, not only to creating financial freedom in your life, but tactical actions to help you build and invest in the life of your dreams, the life I know you deserve. I would love for you to join us over in our free Facebook community called the Investing Well Podcast Community. That's where we want to connect you to other like-minded people who are investing well in their lives and continue these conversations. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps us grow and reach more people on their investing journey. We truly appreciate your support and stay tuned for more episodes. And until next time, 
Happy investing.